Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are here together today on a day unlike any other. We are here today because this is the beginning of so much. This is such a big day. Year after year, we get together at the end of an Easter weekend, at the end of a lot of emotions, and we are here made new to sing a new song, to feel new emotions. We pray that you be with us now in this service, that we will hear your voice, that we will be open to hear what you want to tell us and where you want to go with us. Dear Lord, you know our hearts, you know how we woke up this morning, how we felt about this new day, and we ask you to be in whatever that emotion is. Thank you that we can be together. Thank you that we can be together in your name. We know what a privilege it is. We ask this because you live. Amen. Six weeks ago, we gathered in this place to begin our Lenten journey. We reflected on our mortality and our need for each other, on our need for the Lord. Since the day of ashes, we have journeyed day by day to Jerusalem, to the procession of palms and hosannas, to the temple, to the street, to the garden of Gethsemane and what lies beyond. It has not always been an easy journey. We've been stretched and we've been challenged. And as we will continue to be in the days to come, we are grateful to God that we have not been alone on this way. We are grateful that you have been with us all the while, supporting us, even as you confront us. We were grateful that we had God as a traveling companion, that God created this community for us in the days to go together. And we are so thankful for this sacred community, shaped by God's love helping each other as we follow Jesus together, to broaden our concept of community, to include those we know and love, those who are strangers and who are far, and even those we do not like as much as we should. The Lord has shown us what is right and what is just. He has shown us what is love. In Christ, he has given us more than enough more than enough to live radical lives of obedience, radical humility, radical love, determination and focus helps us to enter into this road with God. And to lay aside the pleasures and comforts and needs of our own lives in order to give. And so we are here today for this service to say, God, we want to be part of your kingdom. We know that you call us that you lead us in this road. Hear us now as we are coming to learn how to love your kingdom in the words you taught us so long ago. We are going to read together today from, John, from Luke 24, from verse 1, Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, 
But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman because their word seems to, seemed to them to be like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen laying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. So say the word of God. On Thursday we came here. We saw the towels. We felt and heard what it means to be called to be servants. We tasted what service tastes like. And then we asked, what does it mean for me to serve too? On Friday, we gathered here with the lights on and with music playing, and we left here in the dark, in silence. Going into the darkest day and then into silent Saturday. Today we gather here and everything is different. On Friday we gathered, we looked at the crown made of thorns and asked, why did it have to happen? Today as we gather, we look at the grave, the empty tomb, we see the stone that is rolled away and now we ask, after we've asked why did it have to happen, we ask, what does it all mean? Now that we have talked about the why, why it had to happen, Jesus did not only went through all of that to establish a new kingdom, but to invite us into joining the new king and his new kingdom. Now we can talk about what does it all mean? When it comes to Easter, it is easy to say, oh, but we got caught up in the history of it all. Yes, it is important to try and figure out what had happened over those last days and weeks and last hours. And we try to do just that over the last six weeks. But just as important as, as it is to go and look at the different aspects of the history of this weekend, we need to talk about more than just the facts. We have to talk about how it makes us feel that Jesus died. But more than that, we have to ask what happened two days after he died. What will happen to us when we do not only read the stories yet again, listen to the stories yet again, but make them more than just that, more than just stories, more than just facts and some people's opinions. When we read the Gospels around what happened on the Sunday morning, we read that the woman went to the grave and found the stone rolled away. And with that, the woman found rolled up linen. They found an empty tomb. 
They went to the site of death, but they did not find a body. They went with tears, but they ran from there with exciting news. They went prepared and filled with sadness, but left feeling exactly the opposite. They went feeling alone and left feeling full of new hope. They were mourning when they got there, but they found new life. They walked there not remembering the words Jesus had said over and over, but felt enlightened as they recounted those words. And so we can say today, the stone that was rolled away is a symbol of change and transformation. The transformation of things they didn't expect, but how things turned around completely for them all. As we know and just heard, the Gospels have different accounts of what happened on that day. But it is safe to say that in all the Gospels, all who talk about those last few days testify that Good Friday and that Easter are about the road to dying, rising, and being born again. The Easter days tell us that, teach us about the road of transformation. So when trying to understand what does it all mean, what does this transformation mean, we would usually say, let's go to the beginning. Let's go back to the start. There we will find out what this is all about. But today I want to say, let's go to the end. In Revelations 21 verse 5 and 6, we read, I am making all of creation new. It will come true. It is already done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Richard Raw comments on these words and say, this is much more than a mere religious message. It's also an historical and cosmic one. It declares coherence between the beginning and the ending of all things. It offers humanity hope and vision. History appears to have a direction and a purpose. It's not just a series of isolated events. It's not just about the history. It's not just about the faith story. It's not just about people's perspectives on an isolated event. It's all of the above in one, trying to take us from one event, death on a Friday, to another event, life. On a Sunday. In reading those words, I am making all things new. In the last book of the Bible, we see how history and religion and faith all come together. How it all becomes part of the same thing. And how it helps us to see that Easter is this pivotal point in the road to transformation. And it's not just an isolated opinion that we found in Revelations. Paul wrote in Galatians 2, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
in the whole Gospel of John, we see how, how John explains explicitly how we are being born again in all sorts of ways. He talks about how Jesus is the only way. And when he says that, he means that by living and dying to oneself in order to be born again. He, he talks about how a grain needs to fall on the ground and die so that it can bear fruit. That is the path of Jesus, dying and rising. The way of Jesus is all about personal transformation. We've always said it, we've always seen it. Easter is this profoundly personal message. We know that. On Good Friday, we talked about it. We'll always talk about it. That the cross is this wonderful universal symbol of grace and love. Yes, for all. But also for you and for me. No matter who we are. We know that the cross is the symbol for those who have been lost for a long time, for those who feel pretty unsure at the moment, for those who got lost along the way. We know that the cross is a symbol that includes the thief and the chief priest and the denying disciple and the fearful mother. We know how all of us receive the same message, the same gift, the same grace, but on that same note, Easter Sunday has this very personal message too. Just as the cross has your name on it, so does the rolled away stone. It has your name on it with this invitation to the journey that leads through the resurrection to new life, to a rebirth. Marcus Borg writes that the process of being born again means we begin the experience of self-forgetness. Imagine what could happen if we could get to a point of self-forgetness in a world especially that is all about me, me, me. That's what we see on the cross. This is not a self-forgetness that causes harm to yourself. It's not a self-forgetness that causes you to disregard yourself and your wellness. It's not a self-forgetfulness uh, self that calls for misuse and abuse. It's a self-forgetfulness that accompanies a deepening trust in God and the work of the Spirit. It's about giving control over to God. To stop trying to be so in control and let someone else in too. Borg says in order to do that, we need to combine three things. Awareness, intention, and practice. Awareness, becoming conscious that our relationship with God is there. That our relationship already exists no matter where it is, no matter how it is. It's about the intention, becoming intentional about our relationship with God paying attention to it in our relationships, spending time with God, attending, attending to it, worshiping, community, prayer, scripture, devotion. And then he says, a deepening relationship with God is all about practice. 
paying attention to this relationship that transforms us over and over again. Now this doesn't have to be an isolated event. One of the central purposes of life together as a church is to help nourish each other in this process of transformation, of being born again and again and again. That is in part why we come together on a Sunday, why we keep coming together, why we don't just rely on ourselves for growth and change. We come together to challenge and to support one another in this process of awareness and intention and practice. We do this when we come together to worship, when we attend small groups, when we have fellowship after church, when we have family groups and children's time and whānau groups. It's all designed and there to help you in this process of continual transformation, of being made new, of growing, helping one another in that. That is how serious the church takes the roll away stone. The I am making all things new. That we try year after year to take the same Easter story and help one another make sense of it in a new way. For me, one of the most interesting things in the story in Luke that we read is how the woman didn't seem to remember Jesus' words about his death. We saw that on Thursday night too. The disciples just couldn't recall what Jesus taught them about his life and how it had to end and start again. It's strange that a nation that we know knows so many scriptures off by heart, that could quote scriptures off by heart, would easily forget Jesus' words on such crucial times and such important messages. But let's not be too harsh on them, because year after year, when we celebrate Easter, even though we are supposed to know exactly what's coming, even though we are supposed to know exactly what to expect, Easter still surprises us too. Whether we are surprised by the feast of service, or the sadness and tragedy of the events of Friday, whether we are surprised by the amount of hope that there still is for this world when we hear the story, when we are moved by the story, there's no doubt that Easter will yet again have another surprise waiting for you. Let me say that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer today that we will once again be surprised by the message of Easter. That we will receive new understanding of it. When we listen to the scripture of this morning, and not just be surprised by it, not just try and remember it, but be transformed by it. That is what Easter Sunday can mean, should mean, will mean if we let ourselves hear that. I want to finish with one last thought. I want to walk so closely to the risen Christ the one that changed so much during the resurrection, that I can be changed. I believe in the process of transformation. I believe, despite popular opinion, that people can change. That is how I want to see the world. 
the people around us and how I want to see myself. As someone who comes from a country where there is so much unjust and so much pain at the order of the day, but then also have so many loved ones and friends and family still live there, I have to believe change is possible. I have to. As someone who is about to embark on one of the most craziest ventures of all times, parenthood, and as someone with little to no skill on how to do the job as a mom, I have to believe in the power of personal transformation. As someone who has continuous talks with other people who are longing for answered prayers, I cannot be anyone else as someone who believes that new life is possible. As someone who's been a spectator to many broken hearts being mended, many self-esteems being built up, many relationships taking new ventures, seeing how people find the light at the end of the tunnel, I have to believe in change through God, through the Spirit, through the life Jesus lived because of the words, I no longer love by Jesus in me. That is the line that makes all of this possible. That is the line that makes all the impossible possible. That makes the concept of self-forgetness possible, even living in a world that teaches us exactly the opposite, that tells us, depend on yourself, you can do this on your own. Look to yourself before you look to anyone else. When we say it's no longer me that lives, but Christ that lives in me, that makes all the difference in the world. I hope that we can walk out of here today and feel new, or at least have the courage to start a process of becoming new, of being transformed. God sees our hearts and he sees where we need change. God knows where we need transformation and life and light. And when we live with this, it's no longer me that lives but Christ in me. That is possible. Hope and change and transformation and new life is possible. Amen.